Okay, we're going to start. Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for coming. Hope you had an incredible Rosh Hashanah and an easy fast. And for those who are still fasting, hope you have an easy continuation of the fast. Um, tonight, we have the privilege and honor of having with us our Rosh Bet Midrash, Rabbi Joseph Tweck, and we'll be going through the halachot of Yom Kippur to prepare us for that awesome day. Um, before we start, uh, just a uh, brief announcement. We are very excited in the Chabra to announce the launch of our new book, a uh, book on Sukkot. Uh, we're very, uh, we're very, worked very hard on that, and we're very excited that it's out. We have essays from Chachamim of the past. We have uh, essays from te- from our teachers today and from um, many of our students. Um, so um, you can find that on our website. You can purchase it on Amazon and make sure to get your copy before the Moed. Um, so we're very excited about that. Uh, for those who are listening who are not yet members, um, I highly recommend uh, joining, becoming a member, and not only taking advantage of all of the content that we have for our members, but also to be able to support um, all our initiatives, our publishing house, and um, uh, books like that uh, we just came out with. Uh, so with that said, thank you so much, everyone, for being here. And uh, the floor is yours, Chacham. Good evening. Give me one moment, please. One moment. Yes. Good. I want to add two things. Yeah. Thank you for your patience. All righty. Do that. Do that. All right. I hope everybody's well. It's been a tight period of time. I have to remember not to do classes on fast days. This is the second one I've done so far. But nonetheless, here we are doing the class on the fast after the fast day. Um, I want to speak a little bit about the laws of Yom Kippur. What what I'm going to do, I'm I'm not going to go through a survey of the laws of Yom Kippur. There are two things that I'd like to kind of like delve deeper into with you in order to be able to kind of have a better understanding of how these things are wired and where these halachot uh, come from and the way that they kind of manifest and different opinions on them. Um, but the crux of Yom Kippur really has to do with the what we call the Ainuyim, right? The Ainuyim are the, the word Ainuyim literally means to deprive or deprivation. So the, the mitzvah of the Torah for Yom Kippur is that we have to deprive ourselves. It's not specific as to how it is that we are supposed to deprive ourselves. And we have Mesorah, Torah Shabbat that says the Inui is meant to be with, we all, everybody agrees that eating and drinking is one of the deprivations, right? The question is, what about the other deprivations? Deprivations that we know with it come to five. So there's eating and drinking. There is uh, anointing using, using oils or creams on one's skin for pleasure. There's wearing leather shoes. There's marital relations. There is uh, um, uh, yeah, those are the things. And so the question is, one of the questions is, are those other things that are aside from eating and drinking um, prohibited from the Torah or not? And there are various aspects that uh, we have, even with regards to some poskim like Karambam, where some say that Harambam holds his Doraita, some say Harambam holds his Rabbanan. It's not clear. But what I'd like to do is to be able to focus on those on those in Yanim, mainly the ones that come from the Torah. And that is, or that everybody agrees at least, that come from the Torah. And that's the eating and drinking. And there are some very interesting things that has to do with the eating and drinking on, on Rosh Hashanah, on uh, Yom Kippur. And the reason for that is because there's there's no explicit nature to how it is that Torah speaks to us about it. So what I'll do is we'll look, first of all, at the Pesukim, right? We'll look at some of the Pesukim that speak about Yom Kippur. Uh, 
just so that we can orient ourselves as to how it is that the Torah speaks of this. So both of these pesukim are in are in Sefer Vaikram Perashat Emor, and the first is this: Ach be'asor lahodesh hashebe'ri hazeh yom kapurim hu. On the tenth of the seventh month, we know that the seventh month is Tishri because the first month is Nisan. On the tenth of that month, it's a Yom Kippurim. It is a day of of atonement, Mikra Kodesh and it is to be called sacrosanct. Right? It is set aside and special. And on that day, you are to deprive your souls. On that day, right? Meaning what it is that when we say soul, right? We're not talking terribly spiritually over here. I mean, obviously a soul is spiritual. But what I'm saying is that the things that give you life. So the things that give you life that you normally use to sustain your life, you withdraw, you inhibit. And also, you're to bring a korban on that day for, for, for Yom Kippur. So that says it very much in a nutshell. Later in the Pesukim, it about ten pesukim later, a little a little less than ten pesukim later, it comes and and repeats it and it says Shabbat Shabbaton hulachem, right? It is when we say Shabbat Shabbaton, it's not clear what Shabbat Shabbaton is. Some people like to say that Shabbat Shabbaton is a big Shabbat, right? But it's not. Shabbaton is always small. Anything that ends with vav nun is always less, right? So we say, for example, we call the pupil. Of the eye, Ishon. Why do we call the pupil of, of the eye Ishon, right? Ishon bat ayin. We call the pupil of the eye Ishon because when you look in the eye, you see an Ish, but he's little, right? If you look at somebody's eye, you can see yourself in their eye looking back at yourself. That's why we call it an Ishon. And anytime that we add that suffix, we're calling it something smaller, right? So like a Dubon. Dubon is a baby bear, right? A little stuffed teddy bear is a Dubon. So Shabbat Shabbaton is a, it's not Shabbat Kodesh, right? Because Shabbat, everybody thinks that Yom Kippur is the holiest day of the year. Yom Kippur is not the holiest day. Shabbat is the holiest day. Yom Kippur is less than Shabbat. And that's why the punishment of Yom Kippur is less than the punishment of Shabbat. The punishment of Yom Kippur, as we will see, the most severe punishment that a person can receive for transgressing Yom Kippur is karet. Karet is severe. There's no question about the fact that it's severe. But sekila is worse. Stoning is worse, and the penalty for being mehalel Shabbat is sekila. So it's much worse for people to be mehalel Shabbat than it is for people to be mehalel Yom Kippurim. But nonetheless, common Jewish knowledge is, is that Yom Kippur is the holiest day of the year, and even people that drive on Yom Kippur don't drive on, or that drive on Shabbat don't drive on Yom Kippur. That's good. I don't want people to stop doing the things that they do. But nonetheless, uh, Yom Kippur, it's not this, it's, it can't be disputed. It's a very, very uh, high holy day, as we say. So the Torah says, Shabbat Shabbaton Ulechim, very nitem nashotichim. Again, it says, right? It's just said a few pesukim earlier. It says again, you are to deprive yourself. So the question that we have to have legally, because we're dealing tonight with legalities, and uh, uh, I'm not dealing with the legalities of Teshuvah for a change, which is what I usually uh, deal with. Um, the deprivation has to be defined legally. Because if we are going to understand what deprivation is, right, and be able to fulfill it, we need to be able to know what are the parameters of deprivation, right? I mean, it could be that, I, you know, I sit outside in the freezing cold or I put myself into an ice bath for hours on end, and that's also... No, there has to be a legal definition that the nation keeps. It's interesting because the... Uh, the uh, Shomronim, the Samaritans, I think they're called, that are in Eretz Israel, that are basically a sect of Karaim, that they don't have Torah Shabbat Peh, that like we do, a rabbinic interpretation as we do. Uh, they keep Kippur because it says in the Torah, right, that you're supposed to, but everybody does. Children two months old are fasting on Yom, on Yom Kippur. They don't have a concept as to who's Raui to fast and what do we do and what's the appropriate play, way to do it. And so on. So nonetheless, the Pasuk says, But then it says something else over here, which is a little bit strange. And this part of this Pasuk is really what I want to spend some time on tonight, because it's a very interesting Pasuk. And it's nice to, it's good to be able to see how the Hachamim understand this Pasuk. It says, On the ninth of the month, at night. 
So that's interesting because just in the Pasuk before, remember, it says on the 10th of the month. But here it says on the 9th of the month at night. Well, what does that mean? The 9th of the month at night. How are we supposed to make that out? And then it says right? from the night till the night. Right? So it sounds like on the 9th at night till the next, the following night, there should be this Shabbat. And the Shabbat here is talking about it in terms of, of the Melacha with the Inun. Right? So we're supposed to refrain from doing Melacha and we're supposed to refrain from engaging in things that replenish our soul. Right? We're supposed to keep from those things and deprive ourselves on, on Yom Kippur. So we have to understand you know, a little bit more about this because the Pasuk is fairly cryptic. It's very strange that it should say I mean, we all know that anytime that it gives a date in the Torah, it doesn't do this with every single festival. Anytime that it gives a date in the Torah, we always know it's at sunset. We begin the day at this at the setting of the sun in, in Torah. So why here does it say which is a bit confusing because we know that the 10th starts with sun, sunset. So why would it call it the 9th and then say the 9th at night? Right, the ninth and eighth night really should be the eighth, right? In other words, the end of the eighth day, which is at the sunset of the eighth, turns into the ninth. But that's not necessarily what it sounds like the pasuk is saying. So there is a there is a gemara that has a limud on this, right? As to how it is that we're supposed to understand the law with regards. To it. It's a very odd way of saying it. And when we have a pasuk that says things in odd ways, it's it's begging us to understand its implications at least legally. And what is the law that it is meant to tell us? So let's have a look first at the at the Gemara. I'll take a look at the Gemara. I hope I have the Gemara over here. Did I forget to put the Gemara? Of course I forgot to put the Gemara. Anyway, there's it comes in twice. It comes in in, Mas- in Masichet Rosh Hashanah and it comes in Masichet Yoma. I brought it from Masichet Yoma. But it's the same, essentially the same sugya. So we'll take a look at it over here. So it says there's a, there's a Baraita. And the Baraita says, Right? That's the pasuk we just read. You are to deprive yourselves on the ninth of the month. But of course, the pasuk continues, says, But here they want to say, what does it mean? What is this ninth of the month business? Of the ninth of month is the tenth. So they want to understand what is that coming to, to, to bring, bring out for us. So they ask, right? Well, could it mean when it says that really what it's saying is start fasting on the ninth itself? Maybe that's what it means. Well, Tamud Omar Oh, can't be that because it says on the ninth at night. So So then it's if if it's then it should be when it gets dark. That's when we start. Tamud Omar no, but it brings you back to the tisha, right? So we have basically a contradiction. We have we have an oxymoron in the pasuk itself, which is talking about tisha ba'erev, and they're not the same. It's either tisha or it's erev, and if it's erev, then it's asiri, not tishi. So that's what the gemara wants to deal with. So back to the gemara. What do they do with this? They actually do two things with this, but let's have a look at the first. So it says, So no. When it says Aketza, it's like, so what, what are we doing here? What's, what is it trying to explain? So they're saying is, you should start the Inui when it's still a little bit of daytime. Just before the sun sets, or that's what we assume anyway, you should begin. And it tells us what? It's teaching us a concept here. It's teaching us something valuable over here in terms of adding what we call Tosefet Cholal Kodesh. What is Tosefet Cholal Kodesh? That we have to add from the mundane, or we have to add from the weekday, onto the holy, or onto the sanctified. And that you have to bring some bit of the mundane and add it onto the sanctified. And that's why it says it in this funny way. Because it's not just the ninth, and it's not just the night. It's a bit of the ninth into the night. And that's how they want us to read it. Now, fine, well, that's in the Elab Knisato. Well, that's explicit with regards to the opening of the day, right? The opening of the day is the ninth to the tenth. But what about the end of the day? What about the end of the tenth? Should I add some of the eleventh 
onto the 10th as well, the way that I added the 9th onto the 10th as well, which is the core of Yom Kippur? How do we know that we're supposed to do this at the end? Because it connects the, the night to the next night. Because it says, So if it were just to say, that I would learn only at the opening of the day, I'm supposed to add from the whole to the, to the, to the night time. But from the fact that it says, after that, then it's also extending that concept all the way to the next night, which is the night of the 11th, essentially, which is when the 10th ends. Yeah, okay, so look at it again in terms of the Pasuk. The Pasuk comes in. Again, right? The Hachamim learned Tish'ah connected to Erev means that I have to add some of Tish'ah onto the Erev. Merev Ad Erev teaches me that I'm supposed to do that at the end as well because I connect this bit to the last night. Yeah? You follow? Right? That's how it is that the, that the Gemara understands it. That's one learning. But then they ask a further question and they say, well, it's a very nice point that there's this idea that you should add from some of the mundane onto the holy and some of the, uh, you know, on the end, you also add some of the mundane into the holy and you extend it on either end. But all of that is only for Yom Kippur, right? I mean, this whole pasuk applies only to Yom Kippur. So the Gemara asks further, it says, Enli ela Yom Kippurim, yamim tovim minai. How do I know that I should do this for any Yom Tov? Right? Because Yom Tov is also Kodesh. Talmud Lomar Tishbitu. So when it says Tishbitu Shabbat Echem, it's a bit of an, a redundancy. Right? It's just saying Tishbitu. Tishbitu Shabbat Echem. So if it says Shabbatu, any Ela, so it says that that includes the Yamim Tobim into this concept, right? That I should have some of the whole onto the Kodesh and some of the whole on the Kodesh, both at the opening and the, and the, and the closing. And then it says, what about Shabbatot? It says, So it says, Tishbetu and Shabbat Echem. One is for Yom Tov, one is for Shabbat. So again, the Gemara says, Anytime that it says Shabbat or Shavut or any kind of nature like that with regards to the days, I should add from the Holland to the Kodesh because the Shavut extends it back to this Pasuk of Kippur, which says, which extends to the other any other Shabbat which include Shabbat and Yom Tov, and I'm supposed to do this bit, right? The opening and closing add-ons. So that's a very interesting, uh, a very interesting Gemara. So the question is, how does this manifest halachically? Because one could say that, I mean, you know, it's nice that we're extending it all the way to, to Yom Tov and Shabbat and so on, but this whole thing, even in the Pasuk over here, Notice, there's something about this. See, this pasuk, it doesn't talk about melacha at all, does it? In other words, there's nothing here. Normally, it would say, kol melacha lo ta'asu, lo ta'asu, something about the melacha. doesn't say anything. What is it talking about over here in terms of the Shabbat? Inui. Elsewhere, it says you have to have a Shabbat melacha. But here, it's talking about inui specifically. So have a look at how Harambam understands this. Right? How does Harambam write this out in the Mishneh Torah? And by the way, I mean, it was advertised that this is Hacham Avadiyah. This is Hacham Avadiyah. I'm just speaking it out to you. He, he writes this. He writes this all out. So Harambam writes over here in Mishneh Torah, and Chot Asur, which is essentially the laws of Yom Kippur. He says as follows. Right earlier in Alachot, he said, "Look, the fact that that it's asur to do work on Yom Kippur, and, and incidentally, the halacha is, and this is important, that the isur of melacha on Yom Kippur is equivalent to Shabbat, not lafuke what right to 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 delineate what that it's not like other yamim tovim." Right, other Yamim Tobim, there's a heter of Ochel Nefesh that we're allowed to do. Yom Kippur is not allowed, right? Yom Kippur, we don't allow, excuse me, any melachot that, that would, we would normally allow in Yom Tov with Ochel Nefesh. So the way that the, the Mishnah says it, En ben Shabbat liyom Tov, right? There's no, excuse me, En ben Shabbat liyom Kippurim. The only difference between Shabbat and Yom Kippurim is Ze ze dono beskilav, ze ze dono bekaret. That if you go against Shabbat intentionally, 
your penalty is skila. If you go against Kippur intentionally, your penalty is karet, but there's no difference between the two in terms of their Yisuri. And that's what they learn from the fact that it's a Shabbat Shabbaton. Right? The fact that it connects it to Shabbat. So Harambam says, not only is the, the Isur of Melacha on uh, Kippur in the daytime, it's also in the nighttime. Right? Why does that have to go out of its way to say it? Because the Inuyim are spoken about interestingly that way. So Harambam says also Melacha that starts from the nighttime and goes into the daytime. So he says in the same way that there's a Melacha, that's a Surdu Melacha, whether it's the day or the night of Yom Kippur, Kach Shevud Le'inuy. So to their inuyim, not just the melacha, right? The melacha is a sur to light fire, it's a sur to write, it's a sur to carry, all of those kinds of things, right? Those things, it's not of those things alone. Also the shivut, notice how Harambam talks about it as a shivut le'inui. He talks about the inui, the deprivation, as a shivut, right? Lashon Shabbat, which is why back up in this pasuk, it's very important. It says, again, Shabbat Shabbaton ve'initem. The Shabbat that the Pasuk is talking about over here is not Melacha. It's Inui. So Arabam says, Ken Though, So too, just as Melacha is a Shavuot on, on Yom Kippur as it is on Shabbat, so too the Inui is a Shavuot by Yom Balayla, both in the day and the night. And then he says, V'tzarich lehosif mehol ala kodesh b'chniseyato b'siyato sh'neemar v'ainitem sh'otachem b'tshal ha'odesh ba'erev. He brings the pasuk from the Gemara. And he says, you have to start the inuyim, which means you have to start not eating and not drinking from before the sun sets. Right? We'll see in a minute that there's no shi'ur for the tosefet. Right? In other words, the fact that I have to add from the whole onto the Kodesh, there's no amount of time that I have to do it. Right, There's no m- minimum amount of time I have to do it. I could do it a minute beforehand. Right? But I have to do something. And Harabam brings the Pasuk, the Gemara brings, and he says, he explains the Pasuk, Kilomar, the Pasuk saying, it's as if to say, it's as if the Pasuk is saying, start your tzom. Tzom is specifically not eating, right? There's a difference between tzom and ta'anit, right? A tzom is not eating and drinking. Ta'anit is deprivation. So he says specifically, don't eat. You start the tzom and you're ulhi ta'anot and deprive from erev tish'ah, which is just adjacent to the asiri, right? So just a few bit, a bit of time on the ninth, connected to the tenth. And so too, at the end of it, you have to do you pause in your deprivation a bit. From the 11th, which has already happened at the, after sunset. Right? It's exactly the mood that we saw in the Gemara. Aramam just codified it in the Halakha. I restated it in the Halakha. Yeah. So this is interesting. Why is this interesting? Because it seems that Harambam holds from this Tosefet, holds from this Tosefet, but it seems that he only holds from the Tosefet for what? For the Inui. Not for the Melacha. You notice? He says, Keshem Shishvut Melacha Bayom Balayla. The only connection that the Inui has to the Melacha is that you have to do Inui and Melacha both at night and during the day. But the Tosefet, he says, doesn't say anything about the Melacha. According to Rambam, it seems that the only Tosefet that's required is for the Ta'anit, not necessarily for the Melacha, which is counter for what we normally do or what we know, right? We 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 know in general that we're, we we tend to add. Even for Shabbat, like the Gemara continues. But it's interesting, he doesn't include that here. And even Maran. Take a look how Maran writes in Johanna Ruch with regards to the to the uh there, you know. He says, Ochlinu mafsikin kodem kodesh. We stop before B'nai According to Maran, what's B'nai It's a whole issue, right? 
But nonetheless, Ben Hashem Hashem, we assume it's just before sunset, right? Because Ben Hashem Hashem begins right after sunset, at the point of sunset. He says, But notice how he says, What is he talking about here? He's talking about the eating. The eating has to be added, meaning the lack of eating. You stop eating just a bit before. And then he tells you explicitly, Right, this addition that we have to make with Chol Alakodesh doesn't have a measurement. And so he gives you the whole point of Ben Hashem Ashot, and he calculates it, whatever it is, a little bit before. So it's interesting. The Magid Mishneh, which will see Harambam, which will see Maran right in the Bet Yosef over here. The Megid Mishneh says that Harambam doesn't hold from Tosefet, except in this case, with regards to uh, Ainun. And that that's a Deoraita, right? That's a Mitzvah Deoraita, because it says it explicitly in the Pasuk. So we'll take a look at what Maran writes in Bet Yosef. Notice. He says, Harambam beperekeh lo din Tosefet. Harambam doesn't mention Tosefet anywhere else except for right here with regards to the Ainui. V'chatav Harav Magid, that's the Hehe, right? Harav Magid is a Magid Mishneh, which is Perush on, on the Mishneh Torah. V'chatav Harav Magid, Perek Avn, Lechot Shibitat Asor, the Ta'ama, why doesn't Harambam talk about it anywhere else? He only writes it out here. Mishum delet le Tosefet, Devar Torah, Ela Ainui Yom HaKapurim Levad. Why? Because Harambam doesn't hold the Tosefet as Mitzvah Deoraita. Except for the Inuyim of Yom Kippur. That's it. Why does Rila the Alacha command the Rash Harina? Because he holds that that whole Dirasha and the Pasuk, right? That the, that we have with regards to ninth and night and so on and so forth is used for something else, which is a bit strange, right? But we'll see in a minute. I'll bring up the Gemara and Rosh Hashanah. We'll see that there's a whole other way of reading that Pasuk, the ninth. At night and tenth and the erev the erev, there's a whole other way of reading that pasuk according to Rabbi Akiva. This is the way the way that we just saw it in Masechet Yoma as the Rabbi Shmael reads the pasuk. So he learns it for the Tosefet and then for Shabbat and Yom Tov and all of this. But Rabbi Akiva reads it a different way because Rabbi Akiva learns Tosefet from Shmita and Yovel. He learns the Tosefet from those pasukim, not from these pasukim. He learns these pasukim differently. We shall see. So he says over here. Okay. So he's quoting the Maran in the Bet Yosef. is quoting the Magid Mishneh. Why? Because he holds according to Rabbi Akiva. He says, Mashmali. So this is Maran speaking now, right? He says, Nami, why? The Tosefet. It's not let let Tosefet. He's saying that even according to the Torah, that he says, when I say that, it's Lav Davka. In other words, Maran is saying that even when he says Devar Torah, it's not really true that it's Devar Torah. Even with regards to Tosefet. He says, he thinks it's the Rabbanan. And that he doesn't have Tosefet at all. Right? If that's not the case, then if he holds that it's the Rabbanan, then Harambam shouldn't have just throw, left it out entirely. He should have said, okay, it's Deoraita, here's the Rabbanan there. Tosefet. He says, Rabbenu, right? Harambam. He completely left out the whole deen of Tosefet in all of the other areas, in Shabbat, and Yom Tov, and, you know, in the Melachav of Kippur. He left it out. Nirad is vira lekerambam, the let the Tosefet, the Shabbat, right? Betema, amai shabak sevarat arosh. So now you can say, well, how come he didn't bring in the sevarat of the Rosh? So it's interesting, because the Rish and the Rosh both hold that Tosefet is the Oraita for Melacha, for all the things, which is very strange, Right? And Maharambam doesn't hold like that at all. And that's why he says, he goes over here, he says, he says, for the Rosh, Svarat HaRosh, Tosefet Shabbat. He holds that there's a Tosefet on Shabbat. But, According to Rambam, there is no obligation to add from the mundane onto the, onto the Kodesh, or from the weekday onto the, onto the holy day, onto the holiday. Except for the Inui of eating. 
אבל לא באיסור מלאכה, but not with מלאכה. And then he says, והווה יודע, but you should know, שדעת הריב והראש, שדעת הריב כהראש, that the reef agrees with the rosh, that you have to be מוסיף for Shabbat and Yom Tov and מלאכה and so on. Which, imagine, how is, how is Maran Posek then? If you see that Harambam, is the, he holds that there's no Tosefet for Shabbat and for Yom Tov and for Melachan. He only holds that it's a Tatin Tosefet for Yom Kippur. But the Rosh and the Reef hold that it is a Tosefet, how do you think Maran's Posek Shahan Aruch? Normally, we would expect that he should be Posek like the Rosh and the Reef against Harambam, because that's how it usually is. There's two out of three, and he always says, I'm going to be posek like two out of the three. Anyway, I brought you the reef over here. We're not going to have to read through the whole reef, but the reef is explicitly saying over here that there's a din Torah of Tosefet. And that's here. It says, Anush karet al Tosefet. Okay? Okay? So here, Maran writes like this in Shohan Aruch. He says, well, first of all, let me see, I brought you two Shohan Aruch. Okay? So Maran writes over here. Yes, Omrim, Shitzarich de Osif Mehola la Kodesh, Uzman Tosefet Zehu Metehilat Eshkiyash and Hashemish Neret Alaaret, Azman bin Hashemashot. So he says there's some people that say you need to add uh, from Hola la Kodesh. He writes it in Lashon Yesh Omrim. Okay. And he goes, What is that? You have to add from the time that the sun sets before Ben Hashemashot. And he gives you the time frame. For that, which we don't have to get into the technicalities of it. Okay, and he says, You have to add any amount of time, right? From Vadayom, which is a time that it's absolutely day, right? It's before sunset, which is already Safek, you have to add a little bit. Okay, that's what he says. But it's noticed that he says Yesh Omrim over here. So it's it's Mashma that Maran holds that in general, because this is with regards to Shabbat. It's mashma that Maran holds like the the reef and the rosh that it's uh, there's a requirement of tosefet for all of the yamim tovim and shabbatot and he writes over here that you're supposed to the reason why he says yosh omrim I think is because he has kavod for harambam right and we'll see also because he could have just said this is the halacha mosifim kodesh like he does in normal times but he has kavod for harambam and he writes over here in shulchan aruch with regards to yom kippur itself very interesting. Not like the 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 Rif and, and the Rosh. He says, look, look what he says. He says, Ochlin umafsikim kodim like I showed you before. He's only talking about here the Achila. And that there has to be a tosifit of Achila. And this is exactly like Harambam. And some people question why some of the poskim question why Maran was posek like Harambam over here when he has the Rosh and the Rif that would include Milachav Yom Kippur on this Tosefit as well. So um, in the end of the day, we hold that we hold, right? That Tosefet needs to be done not only for the Inuyim, but also for the Melacha on Yom Kippur. And that it also has to be done not only for Yom Kippur, but it also has to be done for Shabbat and Yom Tov. So that's how we're Posek at the end of the day. And the reason mainly for that is because the Rova Poskim, right? The majority of Rishonim, hold that the Tosefet has to happen. Not only does Tosefet have to happen, it has to happen in Midoraita. They learned that this whole Limud in the Pasuk, right, the, the Limud that we saw in Masechet Yoma, that extends it all the way to Shabbat Yom Tov, that that's Deoraita. It's Mashman Harambam doesn't hold that as Deoraita. He holds that at best it's the Rabbanan, and that it only really applies to the Ainuim of Yom Kippur, but we're not Tosefet like that. Okay. So now there's another bit to this. I'm going to bring up the, the Gemara from Rosh Hashanah. Give me one second. Because I thought I put on the sheets. And lo and behold, I did not put them on the sheets. There's a whole other halacha that we learned. Mm-hmm. 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 Okay. Right. Share the screen again. Uh, wait. What do I do? Yeah. Okay, everybody can see? Everybody can see? Okay. 
So there's a discussion going on over here as to um, what do we do with this pasuk about Kippur, right? The Tisha Bahodish Lairiv Meiriv Aderiv Pasuk. What do we do with the pasuk? So we saw in Masechet Yomad that they just brought the Baraita, but they didn't bring names. They just had a limud in the Baraita that this has to do with adding from Holal Kodesh. The truth of the matter is there's an argument with between Rabbi Ishmael and Rabbi Akiva as to what it is that we do with this pasuk. Rabbi Akiva holds from the idea of Tosefet, although doesn't extend it to everything. And he learns it with regards to Shemitah, right? He learns it from the time of Shemitah. The same way that the seventh year is Kodesh, like Shabbat is Kodesh, so there has to be additions to the beginning of the Shemitah year and the end of the Shemitah year. And that's up here where Rabbi Akiva deals with all of this. Rabbi Ishmael then comes and he says, uh, I'll just read it through for you so you can see how it's presented in the in, in Rosh Hashanah, but we just read this in Yoma, right? He says as follows. Rabbi Ishmael says, How do we know at all, right? You know, there's a discussion of adding from, from Chol to Kodesh. How do we know that we're supposed to do this? We learned it from a Baraita that says, which was the Baraita that we brought in Yoma. Right? You're supposed to deprive yourselves on the ninth. On the ninth? No, it says Ba'erev. So it can't be the ninth completely. But it says Ba'erev means only when it gets dark. Brings you back to Tisha. So they, they pull both together and they say it's supposed to be. You begin the deprivation while it's still daytime outside. And then Mosif Mechol Kodesh, and you bring it adjacent to the time that night comes, and you start that way. I know that that's only the case with the opening. What about the closing of the day? Talmud Lamar right? Since says we do it on that right? Just a review, okay? So they bring this also Then it continues says How do I know that Yom Kippur is not the only thing that we do this with? We do this with Shabbat as well. Says says How do I know that Yom Tov is included in this? Because it says Talmud Shabbat how do I do this? Anytime the Torah says Shabbat, whether it's Shabbat of Yom Tov, Shabbat, you know, Mamash, uh, Yom Kippur, whatever it is, Rosh that's Kodesh. But then the Gemara asks, says, since Rabbi Akiva learns this whole idea of Tosefet from Shemitah, what does he do with these Pesukim? This whole Tisha B'chodesh La'erev business. He doesn't need those Pesukim for Tosefet. He already learns Tosefet back from Shemitah. So what does he do with these Pesukim? He learns a whole other deen from these Pesukim. And what is the deen that he learns from these Pesukim? Rabbi Akiva, Rabbi Akiva, what does he do with these Pesukim? Gemara says, He does what Rabbi Hayyamar Difti does. Which is what? They read it differently. Say, You are to deprive yourselves on the ninth. Ask the Gemara. We, we deprive ourselves on the ninth? The tenth is the time that we deprive ourselves. Everybody knows that the tenth, right? Because remember, there was the other Pasuk that says explicitly. Says explicitly. What is it then telling you? Curveball they throw over here. They say that anybody who eats and drinks on the ninth is considered like they fasted for two days, both the ninth and the tenth. If you eat and drink on the ninth and fast on the tenth, it's as if you fasted the ninth and tenth. Okay, it's very interesting. That's their reading. They don't, uh, they pull that out of a hat, right? That all of a sudden, this, this adding on the ninth, since we know that the tenth is the day of deprivation, and yet they add the ninth, then they're basically saying, we're going to add the ninth onto this whole thing. We're tacking the ninth onto the whole thing. Now, of course, the ninth is not a day of deprivation. Since it's not a day of deprivation, I know that I can eat and drink on that day. I'm not supposed to fast on that day. But I'll tag it on. And if you do, then, then we look at it as though these two days are connected. And what you do on the 9th is connected to what you do on the 10th. You eat and drink on the 9th. You fast on the 10th. Both days are holy. And they're considered as a full unit. And that's how you're supposed to do it. That's the learning of Rabbi Akiva. 
And from this, we learn that you're not allowed to fast on the ninth. Not allowed to fast on the ninth of, of uh, Tishrei. And Maran holds the halacha that that's what you're supposed to do. You're not allowed to fast on the ninth. You'll see. Can we can bring it up? I believe. Gotta move my things around because everything's covered. Okay. So have a look at the Shohan Aruch. So this he does bring here. No. Uh, I showed you, I have it on the page. I think I have it on the page. Anyway. Let me pull it up for you. Okay. Okay, have a look. Okay. So Johan Aruch Tafresh Dalit. Maran says. There is a mitzvah to eat on Yom Kippur and to be plentiful with Saudah, right? To have a lot of, of meals and you know and, and, and eating throughout. Where does he get this from? He gets this from that Gemara that we just saw. And that truthfully is the halacha. That's how Hacham of is Posek. That we're not allowed to fast on the day. Not only we're we not allowed to fast, we should eat, we should spend the day eating on the night. So there's more to this, which I think is very interesting. Let's have a look at it. Harambam doesn't, he's not posek that at all. Harambam doesn't bring this idea that you're supposed that you're not allowed to fast or that you have to eat on the night. You would think that he would bring it in the laws of Yom Kippur, just like everything else, right? Doesn't bring it at all in the laws of Yom Kippur. So some people want to say that Rambam doesn't hold from the holy mood in the Gemara of Rabbi Akiba. Except that the Magid Mishneh, interestingly, says no. Rambam holds like Rabbi Akiva Mehavero. That when there's an argument between Rabbi Akiva and another Tana, another of his contemporaries, the halakha is like Rabbi Akiva. Well, it's very nice to say that, but we don't say that Rabbi Akiva's halakha is is Nifsak is established in Harambam's book. Ah, says that Magid Mishneh. But we do see that it is established. And we see that it's established in a very, very interesting way. Where is it? He says it's over here. It's in Hilchot Nedarim, which is the laws of vows, which is a bit interesting when it comes to Yom Kippur, because Yom Kippur has everything to do with vows, right? We still open the day with Kol Nidre. Yeah, which is all nidarim, right? Kol nidre, right? It has to do with that whole that whole bit. And we have this whole hatara nidarim that we try to do ahead of time. Very interesting. But nonetheless, Harambam has the laws of vows. And one of the things that he's talking about over here is if I ha- I make a vow to fast, but my the day on which I vow to fast is a day that I'm not supposed to fast. So what do I do? Does the vow take precedent? Or does the day itself that requires me to eat take precedent, right? In other words, if I vow to not eat, does that trump the fact that I'm supposed to eat on a particular day? So let's have a look. Let's say, person makes a vow, I'm going to fast on the 10th of September, whatever the case is, right? And it ends up the 10th of September is a Shabbat. He didn't pay attention, but he said the, the thing, now he realizes the date that he established is it's Shabbat. Or it's a Yom Tov. So what takes precedent? The Shabbat and Yom Tov that you're supposed to eat or your fat or your, your vow that you're going to fast? He says, Hayab Latsu, your vow. If you made a vow, then you have to fast. Why Because a neder falls and takes hold on things that are otherwise mitzvah. What does it mean mitzvah? Shabbat, there's not an obligation to eat. It's a mitzvah to eat, which means it's a it's a positive thing that you should do, right? And so, therefore, the neder uh, hold takes hold on it. V'chen, and so too, yom rishon, yom kol If a person makes a neder and says, "I'm going to fast every Sunday for the rest of my life," 
Oh, I'm going to fast every Tuesday for the rest of my life. And all of a sudden, or not all of a sudden, but it happens to be that a Sunday or the Tuesday falls out on a Yom Tov or an Eid of Kippur. Oh, an Eid of Kippur. Yeah, look what he says. He says, and you, fat, you say, I'm not going to fast on Sundays or Tuesdays. And all of a sudden, the Sunday or the Tuesday comes out, and it's either a Yom Tov or, or Erev Yom Kippurim. Well, that's very strange. What would be the problem with Erev Yom Kippurim? The ninth of the month. Well, in that case, you have to fast. And all the more so Rosh Chodesh, because Rosh Chodesh is less heavy than apparently Yom Tov and Erev Yom Kippur. Well, what do you think the Magid Mishneh wants to do with this halacha? What he wants to do with this halacha is say, it's quite clear that from the very fact that Harambam is bringing up this issue that a Neder would be uh, would be uh, would take hold on Erev Yom Kippur. What's the what's the chidush? I mean, obviously Erev Yom Kippur. Who cares? So it's Erev Yom Kippur. Nobody said anything about having to eat or not. No, obviously you're supposed to eat on Erev Yom Kippur. There's a prohibition to fast on Erev Yom Kippur. Where would Harambam have gone? Of course, he got it from the Gemara. But it's interesting because here he says it's mitzvah, not hova. Right? Because remember, over here he says, right? So he's saying, it's a, he's holding here, says the Magid Mishneh, in all honesty, I think the Magid Mishneh has, not that he needs me to say, but it's a very strong point. Because otherwise, it, it makes absolutely no sense to throw, listen, w- look at where is he's putting this of Yom Kippur. He's putting it together with Shabbat and Yom Tov. And I'll show you, because look at the rest of the Halakha. Meaning it's so important to eat on the ninth, right? Eid of Yom Kippur, he connects it as equivalent to Shabbat and Yom Tov, as opposed to what? As opposed to Purim and Hanukkah. Purim and Hanukkah are lower than Eid of Kippur. Fascinating. Right? So he says over here like this. This is an, also a very interesting halachic uh, uh, function over here because he says if a person made a neder to fast but the fast fell out on purim or hanukkah you're not allowed to fast hanukkah and purim takes precedence that's crazy i mean you, you think ostensibly it doesn't really make any sense why because shabbat and yom tov you're going to tell me that i should fast anyway when i made the neder but on hanukkah and purim which are rabbinic holidays in and of themselves i should eat instead of fasting he says, yes, and, and listen to the reason why. He says, Why? Because these days are entirely rabbinic days. And the prohibition of fasting, notice what he says, the prohibition of, of fasting on these days is also rabbinic. Which implies what? Which implies that the prohibition of fasting on Shabbat and Yom Tov and Erev Yom Kippur, mind you, is Deoraita. Because these are rabbinic. So if they're rabbinic, shouldn't they be more lenient? And if you fast on Shabbat, shouldn't you all the more so fast on Hanukkah Purim? No, says Harambam. And Harambam's only restating what's in the Gemara. says, why? Because, because they're entirely rabbinic, says the Rambam. They're weak. W-E-A-K. And they need chizuk. And if we allow people to make nidarim not to eat on Hanukkah Purim, it'll just destroy Hanukkah Purim. Shabbat and Yom Tov not so easily destroyed. Hanukkah and Purim, because they are so weak, even in their foundations. What does it mean so weak? Meaning they're not from the, there's no Pesukim in the Torah that talk about them. I mean, no matter what you do, you read the Torah, and the Torah says you have to keep Shabbat, and the Torah says you have to keep Yamim Tovim. You know, how and what, but it's there, black on white, on the parchment, ink. It's clear. You have to do them. So they're strong. They're established by Pesukim. These are not established by Pesukim. And once we start making issues with them where a person makes a neder and all of a sudden he doesn't eat Saudat Purim or he doesn't eat the Hanukkah, you know, uh, you know, jam donuts, it's going to throw the whole Hanukkah out the window. So no, you, your fast doesn't work. You have to eat anyway on Purim and Hanukkah. Ah, but what we learn from this also is that Hanukkah and Purim are rabbinic as opposed to what? As opposed to Erev Yom Kippurim, which is included with Shabbat and Yom Tov. 
And that's in Harambam. So the Magid Mishneh says, from here we see that Harambam holds that Achila on Erev Yom Kippur is it's likely the Oraita. And you have to eat. You're not allowed to fast on that day. And so Maran writes also, he says, mitzvah, right? Right, again. It says, mitzvah There's a mitzvah to eat on Erev Yom Kippur and to have, uh, you know, meals and, and so on on the on, on Erev Yom Kippur. And that comes from the Gemara that we just saw in Rosh Hashanah that says that if you do both, you eat on the ninth and, and fast on the 10th, it's as if both days are considered holy in their own way with their own avodah, one with eating, one without eating. And it's as if you did both in, in full holiness. So that we have to eat on the ninth. So he recommends that people, you know, take snacks with you and stuff on the ninth, wherever you are. Don't forget to eat on the day so that you treat the day appropriately. And and aside from that, I just wanted to go into those those points with you. Otherwise, everybody knows, I think, that you know that they're Inu Yemen. And then the only questions that come to me always, always on Yom Kippur. Or before Yom Kippur, as I, you know, my wife is pregnant, does she have to fast? She just had a baby, does she have to fast? I'm sick, do I have to fast? I'm not feeling well, do I have to fast? And all of those questions, uh, I prefer to answer privately rather than publicly as a blanket statement. So if anybody has any questions, you certainly can message me and I'm happy to respond uh, with regards to your specific case because the cases usually are specific. And with that, we will close. And if there are any questions, uh, uh, I will do my best to answer where are we that right. thank you so much for joining us that's not a question wouldn't be the Rosh Posek like the Reef considering yes obviously okay uh, if you are not supposed to fast on the ninth is that why some have the custom of having a morning soda before the meal I don't know of that custom Please, can we get it? But perhaps, please, can we get a link to the source sheet? Get a link to the source sheet. Put it here. It's already at the end of the year. There you are. All right. I wish everybody Gamar Khatimatova to school Sharim Rabot, Naimot Bitovot. And thank you for joining me. And there you are. Thank you so much, everyone. Thank you so much, Chacham, for your time. And everyone have a great night. Thank you.